This podcast has been brought to you by Wheatberry, the job search site where careers in insurance and financial services begin. Post your job openings for free. Let Wheatberry help you find the talent you need. Wheatberry with an I at Wheatberry.com. As one of New Mexico's most decorated farmers' agents, Christian Slayton is a consistent leader in the industry with an adherence for customer service. Her reputation is characterized by a commitment to educating and protecting families. She has gained an unprecedented amount of respect in the community, not only for her exceptional professional performance history, but for being an honest and determined role model for both the family she protects and the family of her own. Trusted referrals and high retention rates have built the foundation of Christian's agency. She has a team of nine devoted and significant individuals that work together to ensure that foundation remains strong. The Slayton team provides itself on meeting with every client at least once a year to review their policies and make sure that they have a sufficient amount of protection. The Christian Slayton Agency truly encompasses the feeling of family. Christian, uh, welcome to our program this morning. Good morning. How is uh, everything in Albuquerque? Are you in Albuquerque proper or one of the suburbs? I'm right in the middle of Albuquerque, and it's a beautiful day. We are going to hit 80 degrees, so I'm loving it. Christian, uh, tell our listeners a little bit about your business. Uh, What's the nature of the agency that you have there in Albuquerque? I run a personal lines agency. Uh, We've been in business 19 years. I started from scratch, zero policies, and we're up to about 7,800 policies now, and I believe today I have 13 employees. I laugh about that. I I bring on DECA students as interns, and I don't currently have one. I just, one just completed it, so I had 14, but I'm at 13 policies today, and we're, we're moving along trying to grow even bigger. Well, that is quite a staff. Uh, uh, How have you uh, found uh, uh, the best way to attract good quality staff there in Albuquerque? Well, I I typically, um, I do like to hire the DECA students. And a lot of times when I do bring on a DECA student in 11th grade, I've had three that have stayed with me for... Uh, at least six years. Um, so I do, I do really look at bringing people on, you know, from high school. But most of my producers, I have four producers. I graduated college with one of them. And the other three are, one is a producer that came over from another competitor that's been here for quite some time. And, and two more. One I pulled from the, the, cell phone industry, and another um, just worked his way up within the agency to be a producer. So I look for people most of the time now through social media. And so I'll put something on LinkedIn or something on Facebook and ask for referrals. I don't put ads out for new team members anymore. When you say, uh, is it a DECA student? What do you mean by that? That's a term that I'm unfamiliar with. It's a program within the high school that teaches our young minds how to become entrepreneurs. And so these DECA students have probably been my, 
best, best hire. I, I bring them in. They already know how to use the computer. They do my PowerPoint presentations because I do a lot of speaking engagements. Uh, they, they run my social media. They do the telemarketing. They hardly need any training, and they show up to work in their you know, dressed in professional attire because they, their desire is to become a, a business owner one day. And so they all take classes in their high schools and it's all over the U.S. It's actually all over the world. Um, but it's, it's all over and a lot of times you can hire a DECA student and they're getting credit for it. And so it's a non-paid internship that they do and then other times I'm, I'll keep them because they're awesome. They're doing such a great job. They bring a different energy into the agency and they keep us all going. They're teaching me how to communicate with these millennials because that's been a, that's tough. And so I always, every semester, look for another DECA student to bring in. Well, that is an interesting resource and uh, interesting way to expose young people to uh, the business. It is, and, and they expose us to things. You know, um, it's it's a marketing program in most high schools everywhere, not in private schools, but in public schools. But everywhere I go to speak to different agents in different states, I always pull up all of the, the local DECA chapters, like at the different high schools, and tell them, you know, look for these people because they're awesome and they hardly need any training and they already have a marketing mind. And, you know, I've had my my own personal business analyzed a couple times because they have to do senior projects. And so they'll ask if they can do my agency. So I've learned a lot from them as well. So I enjoy bringing them in. I'd like to take you back a little bit to your youth. Um, I know you've been at this business for now 19 years, but take us back Mm -hmm. to your hometown. Uh, Where did you grow up? Um, I went to middle school and high school in Farmington, New Mexico. And after that, I I went to college in Las Cruces and then graduate school in Albuquerque. So it's all been in New Mexico um, for the most part. And what kind of uh, business was your dad and mother in? Uh, what did they do when you were growing up? My dad is in the oil business and my mom is a homemaker. And when uh, you headed off to college, uh, uh, what did you study when you got to college? You know, I started in engineering, and I don't know why. So after (laughs) the first two years, I switched over to business, and I ended up finishing in finance. Were you pretty good at uh, calculus and uh, and uh, uh, what are the other well, uh, the, mathematical equations that they teach you? That's in that? actually calculus is what what actually made me switch. I, you know, it was giving me so much grief, and I thought, what am I doing with this? So I moved over to to business, and then in business, accounting gave me grief too. I mean, it was the basic accounting class was like the hardest class for me to pass. I can't believe it, but <laughs> it was it was so hard. And then yeah. I ended up going to, you know, graduate from college, going to graduate school, and then my first job was a controller for the Marriott. And it was just so funny to me because I, you know, I struggled in accounting, but I ended up doing pretty well. Now, did you have part-time jobs uh, when you were in college? Yeah, yep. I had my first job 12 years old, delivering papers, and just went on from there. I've been working nonstop. I love working. Um, In college, I... I worked in the computer labs on campus um, 
in the IBM and Mac lab is what they were called at the time. And I also worked at Dillard's, which is a department store. And when you get your job out of college with uh, Marriott, uh, mm -hmm. what division were you in a customer-facing position, or were you in the back office? No, no, I was a controller, and so I was the controller of the actual one I was placed in, so I was completely behind the scenes, and and that's what drove me crazy. You know, I did that for a year and thought, I cannot do this my whole life, and I was traveling nonstop every single month to Bethesda, Maryland, which is where they're headquartered, and... I knew to move up in that position, I was going to have to sit for my CPA and thought, heck no. So I started trying to, you know, figure out what else could I do with my degree, which led me to insurance. Did you find yourself looking for a career that would uh, allow you to uh, make personal contact with people? Or did you feel like sales was, uh, was your calling? No. You know, I took a I took a test with State Farm Insurance for a claims, claims adjuster, and it's like a personality profile. And I thought, I was in North Dallas working for the Marriott, and I wanted to go back to Albuquerque, and they had a position open, so I took their test and thought, okay, I'll be a claims adjuster. And they came back and said, you know, I didn't do well on that personality profile, and they gave me another one, and... I did score well, and that was the agent side. But, I mean, I, I was a very outgoing person, so, I mean, it didn't surprise me. So that's kind of what led me down the agent path. And what was your mindset when you uh, chose to get into the insurance business? What was it that propelled you forward to say, yes, uh, I think this is a career that uh, would fit me? Well, I'd already had a year of working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week, always on call, doing crazy stuff at the Marriott, and I just started thinking, you know, I need to be doing this, this amount of work for myself. That's really what kind of made me think I I could do, if I could work this much for someone else, I can work this much for myself. And so kind of pushed me into going into insurance. So I, you know, when I was reading the job description of a claims adjuster, it was, you know, you have your vehicle. I, I was already making really good money, but it was like, okay, well, I'll have a company car and I'll set my hours, you know, have to be available for clients during this time, but I'll have my own life back, you know, kind of, you know, thinking. And when they started telling me about the agency side of things, that's when my mind, you know, my wheels really started spinning, thinking, oh, I, I do, I want to be a business owner. And I guess it's kind of natural for me just because my dad was, you know, his own boss, but I didn't really realize that, you know, it's it's a big risk to go out and just be completely 1099 self-employed, but I just also was driven by the thought of working so hard for myself versus someone else. Yes. Now, you in your bio, you indicate you've been at this for about uh, 19 years, pushing 20. Uh, mm -hmm. But pr prior to that, of course, you mentioned that you built the agency from scratch. And for those mm -hmm. listeners who may not know what from scratch means, that means from no policies. So take us back to that first policy, uh, that first client relationship. How did that come about uh, and how did uh, that get on the books? 
Well, I'll, I'll, I'll go even a little deeper. I went from making 70000 a year out of grad school, which I thought, you know, I was a millionaire at the time, to moving back to New Mexico and moving in with my parents to start my agency, which was like, oh, my goodness. I felt like I was going backwards. So I made that huge sacrifice to move in with my parents, gave up my big salary, and actually took on a job as a waitress um, in a sports bar where I would have some money to, to start my agency. But literally, I was in what I'm a farmer's insurance agent and I was in what they call a district office where there's a bunch of new agents in there trying to figure everything out and so I mean I just kind of started doing what everyone else was doing in telemarketing and I remember my very first paycheck the first month was $78 and I just kept thinking oh my goodness I've made a mistake how am I going to do this it was really really one of those like scary times because I had school loans to pay back for for undergrad and graduate, so it was it was pretty difficult in the beginning. Um, but I can't tell you that you know my first client was that big of a deal because it was myself um, and my own family, you know, right away selling to them. But I can tell you, I mean, it was one of the scariest times ever just thinking you know I I did have a safety net because I lived with my parents but just no more income and having to build that income one policy at a time at you know 10% commission on auto insurance was pretty scary so I just thought I'm not going to focus on that anymore I'm just going to keep telemarketing and keep sending out these mailers and just do what I have to do and so I just didn't really let myself think about it much after that first paycheck because it really scared me. <laughs> so when you, you think back in, uh, about your own personal skill set or mindset, uh, what do you find was the, uh, or feel was the key to your propelling yourself forward to moving forward and uh, uh, to, to move uh, the business where you wanted it to go? I think surrounding yourself with the right people. You know, right away I started reading leadership books and studying people that I thought, okay, this is who I want to be like. And I hired another telemarketer to work with me, even though I couldn't afford one. And I was literally using my money that I earned, you know, as a waitress to pay her salary. So it was kind of scary. I was paying out more than I was actually making in the beginning. Um, Actually, it probably took me about six months to even get to a break-even point. Um, but I just think that, you know, when you have people around you and you you get them on board to help you achieve your goal by helping them achieve theirs, I mean, it was pretty much a win-win situation for me. I mean, I enjoyed it a lot. And even as hard as it was, like, it was it was a fun time now you after mentioned- I got my right mindset but it it really did take me a good six months to kind of get planted yes now you i noticed uh, one of your achievements is that you indicate you've issued uh, over a hundred life policies and a hundred umbrella policies every year for the last seven Mm -hmm. years how in the Mm -hmm. world do you do that it's just a goal a goal that we have in our agency and 
Gosh, I break things down. Well, to explain where I'm at today, so I did, you know, build my agency up, and and now I'm I'm the coach. I'm not selling policies anymore. I haven't sold policies probably for the last five years. I'm just managing everyone and trying to figure out how do we get to the next level and what do I need to do and making sure that my CSRs are helping bring in new business appointments for my producers and, and so forth. And so we do have these big goals and the the life and umbrella is just part of a, a process and it's a system that we have in my agency and so we know how we work our system and then we just break our goals down to okay we need 25 and 25 every single quarter and I think this first quarter we ended up with 51 life policies and 32 umbrellas so it's a little bit easier sometimes for us to sell life than it is umbrella in my state um, it's a lower income state and so not everyone needs Viability limits of you know two fifty five hundred, and so it's it's an education process with our clients that we go through, and we have to have so many appointments set up every single day because you know you sell one out of four of those appointments, and so it's me making sure that all of that activity is going on and continues and you know stays. Yesterday, I went into the grocery store, and you know how you take that shopping cart, and occasionally you get one with a real squeaky wheel, and you have to mm-hmm. go back and replace it and find one without a squeaky wheel. Uh, in your agency, do you have a, a squeaky wheel anywhere that you have to keep oiled uh, in order to, to keep everything running smoothly? You know, all the time. I mean, I think... Um the role that I play today, I didn't even mean to get in this role and, you know, get out of the sales side of it, but I think I, I feel busier than everyone just trying to keep this all going. But yeah, I mean, I always have someone that's, everyone goes through different things in their life at different periods. And when I see one of my team members kind of falling off the tracks, I, spend a lot of time coaching everyone and and doing one-on-ones. Actually, we do that every single month. I have my one-on-one reviews. I don't do annual reviews. I do them monthly. And that's just because I think that the relationship process of the team that you have along with the clients that you have is is the most important part of this whole thing. So I, I, I spend a lot on building these relationships. And I can tell right away at least within the first 90 days, if this person's going to gel with the team or if they're not, or if they're going to meet my minimum expectations at least. And I wouldn't say I'm quick to fire, but, you know, I help them find another job. I don't ever, I haven't in a long time left someone high and dry. And I don't mean it in in a rude way, but I will definitely help someone find another job in another agency that might not have the same goals that we have. Well, that's neat. Uh, that is neat. Uh, you've earned uh, quite a few recognitions. Uh, you know, when I look at your awards, you've President's Council eight years, uh, another position nine years, another award 11 years. When you look out in the future, the next three years, uh, what excites you the most about the next three years? And, and what can you achieve that you haven't already achieved? 
I, you know, our landscape has changed so much. I mean, it's 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 not as easy to to write a new client these days with it being so easy to obtain insurance on the internet. And so I'm looking at things, you know, and commission cuts have come in and just so many changes. But I'm just looking to see, like, how can I break the mold and communicate with these millennials and get my annual review process down and working on, I have so many people um, that we meet face-to-face, and so we're trying to do, you know, six to eight face-to-face appointments every day in the agency because we need to do that in order to to achieve our 100 Life and 100 Umbrella goals. And I'm working now on, you know, so many people say, well, I can do that review over the phone. And I'm working on getting it set up with, like, Zoom is what I'm actually working with to try and figure out how to do that review virtually. So it's kind of like doing a a review FaceTime, but you can pull up the documents, I can make the notes, and then I can actually save them to the client's file. So just trying to, you know, I adapt pretty well to change, and I don't look at things negatively at all, or you can really go down the wrong road quick. Um, I'm just hoping that, you know, I can get get it all figured out and get my team, make sure they're still growing and everyone's making more money every year. So I don't have, like, one award that I'm trying to actually achieve. I mean, those things are great, but that's not really what drives me. I just want to make sure I'm, I'm still around, I'm still in business, and we're still growing. That is exciting. Uh, if you were, as I mentioned to you as we began our call, we like to make our interviews and conversations available to young people who are considering a career in insurance or financial services. If you had a niece or a nephew who was uh, pondering uh, graduating from college and pondering mm-hmm. this as a career, what advice would you be giving them? Oh, I I try and talk everyone into being insurance agents. Every time I get in an Uber car, I'm trying to talk them into becoming an agent. I love insurance, and I think that anyone who gets into this industry is going to have a long-lasting career because we all need insurance. I mean, I got lucky. I married an attorney, and at some point, you know, someone always needs an attorney for something, and insurance, it's just, you know, you have to have it. And so I feel like there's job stability in the insurance industry for sure. I mean, it might not be in the same capacity, but there's definitely job stability. So I, I, I love it. I mean, I, I encourage and try so hard to talk everyone that I, that will listen to me into becoming an agent because I never dreamed that it would be this awesome. And it's, it's just a great rewarding career. I have two kids, 12 and 14 years old. And I'm always wondering, okay, which one's going to be an attorney? Which one's going to be an insurance agent? Please, one of them want to take over my agency, you know, because I've worked so hard. Yes. But it's just such an awesome opportunity. I can't think of anything else that I'd rather do. And I literally do wake up and get excited to come to work. And if my kids have homework, I'm like, good, just let's do it at my office. And I'll keep working and keep working. I, I really do enjoy it. That is, uh, that is uh, great to hear. Uh, you know, if you've listened to any of our podcasts, you know I'd like to pay tribute to uh, where you came from. Uh, thinking back to your mother or father, 
what was some advice uh, or sayings that they gave to you or examples they set that uh, you uh, try and uh, carry on with your employees and uh, your children? Mm, my dad became a golf pro when I was in high school, and he didn't even start playing until his probably mid-30s, and just was so dedicated, and I saw, like, wow, you really can achieve what you put your mind to, and so I'm always, always trying to convince everyone to look at the glass half full, and every time you get bad news, think of the opposite of that and how we could spin this and make it good, and I don't know. I just, I really don't see limits. I I think we can all achieve exactly what we want to, but you have to, you know, really believe that you can do it, so I I truly believe that I'm going to be successful and continue to be successful and continue to have a really good strong team. I mean, I'm not sure how much bigger I want to grow my team, but I do want to, you know, grow their income for them and just be be that security for them as well. So, I don't know. I would just say just stay stay focused and committed. For our listeners just to remind you our guest today is Christian Slayton in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Christian, it's been delightful to uh visit with you and hear your story today. Thank you. Oh, hi, you're still here. Say, if you are interested in reaching thousands of licensed insurance producers across the country, why not consider sponsoring a guest podcast? If you had sponsored this episode, We would be telling thousands of listeners daily about you and your company. Find our contact information to request prices and availability at insuranceradio.com.